Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the Props Clear podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Angeline. We're doing something a little bit differently this week. I'm here for an in-person interview in Brooklyn, New York, talking with Karen Joyce. She's the co-founder of She Maps and the co-founder of GeoDeer. She's based in Australia and is here in the States for some meetings. Of course, these episodes are for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this constitutes legal advice. So fasten your seatbelts and let's get started. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And it's really nice to be here in Brooklyn today and having a chat in in real life with someone as well. So much better than being on Zoom. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I've I've been mapping for many, many years now probably about 25 years or so, I guess. And it's it's something that I'm particularly interested in because I I really like looking at how the environment changes over time. And for me, the only way to get answers about what's going on in the planet is to be able to look at Earth and to monitor her over time and to do that by mapping things. So I look at all different types of ecosystems, see where they are, how big of an area they cover, and then checking out what the dynamics are over time as well. You've done some incredible work in the Great Barrier Reef, but you also joined the Australian Army. You have quite a resume. What do you think has been the most impactful experience for you in your career? I guess it sort of depends on which which angle you take that. And I've been really, really fortunate to have lots of different types of experiences throughout my career. And the the thread through all of them, even though there's been things that look really different, like looking at the reef versus the military, they seem very different, but the, the common thread is mapping and earth observation as a whole. And for me, being able to work with all different people and helping them understand more about how we monitor earth is the way that I like to make an impact as well. So not just making an impact on the way that we understand earth, but making an impact on helping other people being able to do that as well. And I work a lot with schools and community groups and teaching people to do this as well. So that sort of stuff I, I really like. And when you get stories of people deciding that they want to take a similar pathway, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we talked about, or you talk about on, on your own website and on other websites like She Maps. Karen is the co-founder of She Maps as well. She's an education director there as well. You talk about the importance of getting women and minorities interested in the STEM field. And then it also mentions that, uh, you know, you have this program, She Maps, in 12 different countries, which is absolutely incredible. You know, it's more than a reach in just Australia, but you've been able to reach so many places around the world. How did you go about expanding it beyond, uh, you know, just an idea? Yes, yeah, a really good question. So we, we started SheMaps back in 2017 and it was really only ever supposed to be a, a one-off school program with my local mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. And I worked with the local high school to teach girls at that school how they can use drones in, in a variety of different ways. And it was so popular that, and we got quite a lot of press at the time, so that we had mm-hmm. schools from all over Australia asking me to come and do the same for them. So it was never intended to be something that had a big reach or anything. It was, it was only ever one off, but that grew around Australia. And then at the same time, we were making international connections. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, the program is, is run around the world by people that we partner with. Mm-hmm. And so they teach that in the local communities across Africa and South America as well. Now, as a co-founder, did you ever think it was going to get that big? No, like I said, it was never intended to be big at all. It was it was a one one day thing. 
but when yeah when we have other people that we meet up with and they'd like to achieve similar things in their own communities and we can support them to do that then that's that's what we do and my husband does a lot of the, the business build behind the scenes and works with the partners to be able to train them to run the program and continue working in their communities as well. Now, the way I met Karen is through social media. How important is social media to be able to spread the word about the importance of geospatial analysis? I think social media has been probably one of the most critical components of my career, unfortunately. <laughs> It was very Unfortunately. much, well, yeah, I mean, it's got its goods and bads. Mm -hmm. And it was very much Twitter originally, although in the last year to 18 months, that's just really taken a bit of a dive. So, yeah, we use other platforms as well. But for me, using social media as, as a way to spread good things, mm -hmm. not necessarily good things, but good things in my mind as well, is is a way that we can control the narrative of what gets out there as well. So we don't need to wait for traditional media to come and decide that what we're doing is something important and they'll do a story on us. We can do our own stories for ourselves and, and have control over what gets said, where it's, where it's said and when it's said and who it reaches as well. You know, the phrase mapping, for a lot of people who aren't in the drone industry, I haven't had any experience doing my own mapping. And for a lot of people outside of the industry, that word can be a loaded term. And a lot of people don't really understand. They'll see a picture of like an aerial shot. Be like, well, is that mapping? What exactly is mapping? Can you, can you like give me a layman's definition of what exactly is like that geospatial term? Yeah, so I, I guess there's a, there's a variety of different aspects to that. So geospatial to start with is really just anything about location. Mm -hmm. And we use geospatial information all the time you know you used it to find a car park today and I used it to walk here and use it to find your train route all sorts of things that's happening all the time most of the time we just take for granted but everything in the world has a location so that way it is geospatial by nature but when we talk about mapping and in particular with drones the mm -hmm. most drones that we're using have cameras on them and we use the cameras to take photos and we do it in a very systematic way so that we cover large areas. And the way it generally works out is if I'm interested in mapping a, a local park or something like that, mm -hmm. I would fly my drone in an autonomous way. So this is all done automatically. You fly in the sky as if you're a lawnmower. So you go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards and taking lots of photos, all the photos overlap each other. Mm -hmm. And then we use software to stitch those photos together. And that's what creates a map. And it's really similar to what you would see on Google Earth. Mm -hmm. And then we use that to generate information, which is the next step of a map. So the information might be there's a road here, there's a park here, there's an invasive weed here, there's a particular species of interest or something like that. So there's various layers of mapping. In a recent webinar, you were talking about the impacts of a cyclone. Mm -hmm. In, I believe, your, your region of Australia, which is Cannes, right? Cairns. Cairns. <laughs> uh, and so, which is in the northern part of Australia, correct? Yeah. Um, so now, tell me what kind of, tell me about the importance of using the drone mapping and, and geospatial work to see the impact of something mm -hmm. like a, a storm. Yeah, so some, somewhere that drones are particularly helpful. So mm -hmm. we, we had a cyclone in Cairns just before Christmas, so a cyclone or a hurricane, a typhoon, depending on where you are. They're called cyclones in Australia. Mm -hmm. And 
it was the, the cyclone itself actually wasn't that damaging. It, it was in some beach areas, but it was actually the flooding afterwards that, that caused the main issue. And incidentally, there was another one that went through the region uh, just last week as well. So oh, no. it's where we live in the tropics, we're prone to these types of events. And one of the reasons that we map in the area is to look at how our beaches are changing over time. So I have a good time series of drone mapping in my local beaches and then I was mapping directly after the cyclone as well and that helps us be able to understand where we've lost sand, mm -hmm. where it's been eroded from and where it's gone to as well. So it's been eroded and then it's been deposited in other areas. And then, of course, we can map the loss of vegetation that has been cut away as well. So lots of different ways that we can use drones there. If someone has no experience with mapping, but who wants to actually get a feel for it, beyond, when I say no experience, beyond using, you know, Apple Maps or beyond using, you know, other kind, Google Maps or something, how would they get involved or try, at least try something out? I know Geo Nadir has a free version to be able to play around, you know, and add that kind of software to your drone work. Mm -hmm. um, but, but where does someone start? Yeah, so there's so many different resources that are available online. And so if you already have, have a drone that has a camera that points down, mm -hmm. depending on the type of drone you have, there'll be apps that support mapping for you. And then they are really easy to use and some are free and some are not, you know, the usual sort of thing. And then it's a case of getting out there and capturing the data. And then the next trickiest bit, I guess, is processing that, which is what we do at GeoNadir. So you upload the photos you take, and then we take care of making it into a map for you. And that's that actually is a really easy process now that you don't don't need to know anything. You just upload the data, and it gets done. And that's one thing that I love about GeoNadir. If you go to your website, it talks about how you didn't, you and your your other founders and, and partners didn't think that there was something out there that would help someone with enough storage capabilities, analysis to be able to do that. So tell me what separates GeoNadir from other mapping systems out there, like a Pix4D or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So there are there's lots of different different applications that do mm -hmm. similar things. Yeah. And, and I guess the way that we look at it is, is that I'm mostly interested in helping, un helping people understand more about Earth by viewing her from above. That's, that's the crux of things. And we know that the way that we, we work, not just in drone mapping, but collaboratively mm -hmm. in other spaces as well, is that we do work collaboratively. We work together on Google Docs or Teams or Notion or Figma or whatever software it is that you're using that's really collaborative and people can be working on the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing hasn't been available in drone mapping. So that was something that we really wanted to bring teams together to be able to do that. So not just processing data, but be able to collaborate to get information and then really being able to share what you're doing as well. So mm -hmm. it's not just about sticking the photos together, which is what your Pix4D and Agisoft and those ones will do as well. But it's really is that full solution that makes it really easy for people to store, process, manage and analyze and collaborate with their drone data. And when you say store, you mean having, uh, it's like cloud storage almost, yes. correct? Yep. So that's something that you think is lacking in a lot of places. Yeah, so, so it's, it's all browser-based that we work on and that, that enables us to process on the cloud as well. Mm -hmm. And it also means that you don't have to worry about the computer capability that you have yourself. Mm -hmm. 
So these, the software that we use for processing drone data is, is really heavy. <laughs> so you do need a high-end computer to be able to process it properly and the files are massive, so you need somewhere to store them. So along the lines then of also the learning curve of being able to use that software, we just sort of cut all those components out and just go straight to, yeah, it's all, it's all stored and it's all available for you online. So you do have to have internet, so that's the, the downside. You can't just be off in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always pros and cons. And if you are, there's always Starlink or something like that, I assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's becoming less and less of an issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So now, what are you doing here in New York City? When I saw Karen's post that she was going to be here in the Big Apple, I wanted to find a way to meet her in person and do this interview. So what brings you here to uh, to the U.S.? Yeah, so I'm just here expanding my network and meeting people, to be honest. So people like yourself and a lot of others from universities to look at new potential collaborations. So yeah, a couple of visits with the local universities here in the city, but then also upstate as well. And really fortunate that Billy Joel happens to be playing next weekend. So <laughs> I managed to get a concert in while we're at it as well. Well, there you go. That's always a plus. What's yeah. your favorite Billy Joel song? Um, scenes, from, scenes from an Italian restaurant. I don't know that one. I'm going to have to listen to Less that one. familiar to many, but yes, very oh, worth it. I love that. Wow. Um, and then tell me about um, a lot of people are always fascinated by Australia. I met with uh, Debbie Saunders remotely, talking with her adopter, Deborah Saunders, uh, is, is the head of wildlife drones, talking about using drones to help uh, search for and count wildlife, not only just in Australia, but in places like Vietnam with the pandolin. Uh, you know, how important is it to have that kind of collaboration across the entire you know, country and continent of Australia? I mean, you have quite a strong background um, and so do some of the other women and, and drone leaders in, in Australia. Yeah, I, I think it's the thing that there is, there's so much work to do mm -hmm. and there's, there's way too much for any single person to be able to do it. And I know that you can either go into these types of situations with a competitive type mindset and that's just, that's just not who I am. I much rather collaborate with people to be able to get work done. So. The more that we can build our networks to be able to do that, the, the better off I think that we all are. I love that. And if someone has, wants to find a way to contact you um, and, you know, beyond, you know, this discussion, if they're interested in learning more or partnering with you or finding a way to add She Maps into their curriculum, I think a lot of STEM teachers would be mm. fascinated by She Maps. How can they get a hold of you or how can they find out more about some of the efforts and initiatives that you've been doing? Probably the easiest thing is just to Google me. So you can Google Karen Joyce or mm -hmm. you could Google She Maps. Those are really easy ones to find and they'll find their way to me pretty easily. Or even if you did drones and cans, probably if you're familiar with those terms, that's, yeah. It's, it's not that big of an industry, so mm -hmm. it's actually pretty easy to find me. That's good to know. And my last question is, why drones? You could do anything in the world. Why, why focus on this industry and, and build your, um, your brand in this industry? So I've been working with Earth Observation since the mid-90s, mm -hmm. so mostly with satellites and aerial camera systems, and that's, so that's where my background is. And only really with drones in the last uh, 10, 11 years or so. Mm -hmm. And the reason for the shift towards drones is really to be able to have that flexibility of capturing data when, where and how I want and the level of detail that I just can't get with satellites. So I still use satellites for 
global or national scale mapping mm -hmm. and I certainly still teach people how to use satellite data. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the work that I do is then looking at well, how do we integrate the drones into those workflows as well. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. We'll be keeping up with your progress through your social media posts when you get back um, at Down Under. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. If you have any topics or suggestions for future episodes, email me angelswings.jillian at gmail.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-S-W-I-N-G-S dot J-I-L-L-I-A-N at gmail.com. I'll see you later. Thanks, everyone.